Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, everyone. It is the build-up show. Liverpool are taking on Crystal Palace, the first game back at Anfield since the lockdown um, and we're not going to mention what the last game was because let's just all expunge that from our memories but it is Crystal Palace uh, it's going to be a weird situation watching it of course from home when we should be bouncing on the cop we should be getting one step closer to lifting that elusive Premier League title but no uh, we're going to be doing a live um, commentary once again me and Chris but more on that a little bit later on uh, I have the man with me Mr Chris Page I have Ross Chandley and I have Georgia Stevens for this one and Chris let's, let's kick things off um, Roy Hodgson, Crystal Palace, have stayed, they've come back pretty strong so far, beating Bournemouth 2-0. Obviously, we have to put the disappointment of not smashing the Ev behind us and get on with this game. But, um, yeah, it's 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 mad, really, isn't it? You know, there's obviously a game where Liverpool, as ever, you know, would be expected to win it. But it's just... Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, it's a thing I'm excited about. I want to see what we've done with Anfield, first and foremost. Yeah, I, I am as well, mate. And you know, I don't think I've ever used this analogy before. I, before I answer that, pull about football, but it's like buses, none for fucking three months, and then two come along at once, and it's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Like yeah. fucking hell, three three days, and we got another game of footy. I mean, I don't have to wait a hundred plus days for another game of football. <laughs> I'm excited to see it. I want to see what's on the cop. I really do. I've, I've I've been watching games and thinking, oh come on, that's great that you've got all this, but what are Liverpool going to do here? I mean, if there's not a giant picture of Kenny Dalglish in his fucking stand we're doing it wrong for a start yeah. um i want all the european cup winning managers in a big banner of some description uh and there's, there's loads of stuff i want i like i kind of like what everton did with the gladys street i think it was their gladys street i'm not sure they, the, those wooden ends all look the same to me um but i'd like to see some kind of big mosaic on the cop or something like that even like a, a you know a permanent memorial for um the 96 maybe somewhere around the place less of the crap sponsors from all around the world um more of the fan stuff. Uh, hopefully, they've taken something with buying Cop 1906 or Spirits of Shankly, um, taken some ideas from some of them. Had some of the big old banners, you know, um, the Munch and Gladbach one and the, the Frog Leg and all that. I'd love to see all that type of stuff there. But yeah, you know, f- you know, more importantly is that Liverpool return properly and Liverpool pick up pick up their game a little bit. And you know, we saw Arsenal had a poor start. They have had two games in quick succession, lost both of them. Uh, <laughs> um, hopefully, <laughs> Liverpool can can change things up and, and really go and take it to Crystal Palace. And they should do because yeah. we're the better side, and we're the better side against every team we go up against between now and the end of the season. But now we need to go out and prove it. Yeah, absolutely. And Georgia, you know, the one thing we know about Liverpool is that they're very good at bouncing back from disappointment and, and make no bones about it as much as we you know I think we were I think we were rightly uh, we gave the right amount of praise out to Everton after that after that game because I think they deserved they probably actually deserved a little bit more than us in the game given the balance of chances created um, but this side you know and this might be hampered by who we have and, and who we don't have available to us 
but there will be a there will be a greater burning passion from these lads. They they if if there was anything in their heads that said this is going to come back and be a procession, at least drawing against Everton should should have blown that off their heads. Yeah, and I think um, I think Virg said it after the, after the game in his post match. He, he said as well, it's like the first game's out of the way. It's there were so many unknowns going into that game, like from the changing rooms being a porter cabin, from getting to the ground, getting from the ground, all the kinds of intricacies that go on behind the scenes before you even step foot on the pitch. That's all done now. They know what to expect. If it's anything easier than that, then happy days. But they've got that out of the way now. So to be able to now go into a game at Anfield and things like that, I think it'll just be that little bit easier than it was. Yeah, I think, you know, it's something that's quite often mentioned in like UFC or boxing or something, you know, but it's never really mentioned in football because it never really happens a big break like this. But, you know, fighters need to get hit and they need to remember what it feels like to get hit before they can go out there and give their all. And, and Liverpool needed to get through 90 minutes of football to make sure that each each individual player knew that the body can get through that 90 minutes of football and remember everything that they've gone through and worked through uh, work for for so hard. So Liverpool will be much better having just completed 90 minutes as will every side mm-hmm. yeah absolutely uh, yeah I, I, I think I think that's all really spot on isn't it Ross is that it, it, we can't no it, it's it's really tough to build up <laughs> to be perfectly honest because um, we so much of the standard analysis kind of goes out the window we're, we're, we're dealing with a, 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 an almost impossibly small sample size we know the mentality of this players we know how big they are in terms of we know how committed they are we know how talented they are Um and so you, a lot of this is just basically down to what we know in general, general terms about this side. And then it's, you know, we've just got to trust that those all add up to a Liverpool side that's more than capable of bouncing back and being better than everyone else in these trying circumstances. Yeah, as I said in the final words, about gaining rhythm and confidence in what both Chris and George have both just said. You know, it's getting used to playing football again. And the thing with coming back in what George said about, you know, not, not playing football, getting used to your surroundings, stuff like that. It's, the added fact was it was a derby as well. And the cliche that always goes with that is form goes out the window. Well, there was no form anyway in the first place. So, like, <laughs> just get used to playing football again. I think you, you get back to one field. You've got, you know, minutes under your belt. So you've got a target to achieve. You can go for it. Yeah, the crowd won't be there. But, you know, they'll still be in familiar surroundings. They'll still be in their own changing rooms. They'll still have like, their, own, their own routines going into the game. I think, you know, those small marginal you know wins will we'll play into the minds and they'll be concentrating on three points and getting a step close to winning the league mm, yeah I mean obviously at time of recording we don't know the, the the fitness situations around a number of the players Chris but you'd like to hope that if Mohamed Salah was fit enough to be on the bench against Everton at least then he should be able to be fit enough to take some part in this game and I think particularly with the City game looming after this um, and the fact that it's there's, there's over a week between the games for us mm. really if he's if he's going to be available for City he's probably going to have to figure in this one yeah I hope he gets at least 45 minutes to be honest and I, I wonder whether that will be the case and you know uh, we alluded to it on the final word about Klopp maybe making a decision about 45 minutes for each player um, Mohamed Salah could be one of those players where I think you know you bring him on is it is it more advantageous to play in first half or second my natural inclination is to say second half mm-hmm. uh, but you know if you get him on first half and we get a goal up does that make everything just that little bit easier in the second half for the lads on the field so I, I don't know but I do think that he will play 45 minutes and I think it's important that he has to uh, because coming up against Manchester City that's 
that's a big one for us, isn't it? You know, and I, and again, this all might change because of the Manchester City Burnley game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if the unthinkable happens and Burnley get a get a win. Then fucking hell, he's playing ninety minutes, and then that's <laughs> it for a few weeks. To be honest with you, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it is it is a good point, isn't it? Obviously, I think the situation's relatively relatively fluid, but you imagine, George, if you know if. If our logic on this is correct, the Klopp is just going to be using this game. You know, he's going to be trying, he's going to be rotating his squad, getting them all up to fitness for the, from between now and the end of the season. That what any any other, he'll know what he's going to do, and the only thing that's going to make him deviate from that is fitness reports that tell him he can't use players for a certain amount of time. Yeah, I, th- I think we we didn't really touch on it in the hour, but the idea that you know that every sort of little marginal gain Klopp gets as well. You've got to throw into that mix of like the sports science side and the things that we have behind the scenes as Liverpool. So if there is a plan, again, we we never know, and we we will probably never know. There's probably a plan somewhere of like this is the projected time period that we need them in order for them to be fit by blah blah blah. And I like you said, I don't see him not sticking to that no matter what happens. It's a much bigger picture than, you know, get those five points as quickly as we can so we can lift the truck. It's that long term of how do we make sure these players are fit, in form and, and hitting the ground running for the first game next season too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, they, obviously we're coming up against Crystal Palace, as mentioned. They, they got a two 0 win against Bournemouth in the in the return game, and I, I'd not be, I'll be honest, I've not paid attention to Crystal Palace pretty much at all this season, Chris. And it's telling that you know the the the, the whispers in the media are starting to come out that you know they've got their eyes on Europe. I mean, and, and rightly so. You know, the ninth in the Premier League at the moment, they're just two points behind Sheffield United. Obviously, everyone was touting for could they be pipping their way into a into a, even like a Champions League spot only only you know last week and what have you. You know, we don't know what, how Tottenham are going to adapt. You trust they'll be okay. You don't quite know what's going to... I mean, they're above Arsenal at this point. Um, Palace, you know, Roy Hodgson is Roy Hodgson. Palace are what they are. Um, they, 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 they have caused us problems down the years. We've largely managed to find a way to get the, to get the better over them. But it shouldn't be underestimated that this is a Palace side who, you know, they've got... They've actually got something to play for, mm. so it's not going to be. This game isn't going to be a procession. No, it's not. And, and I think you know, I, I don't know whether I heard it on match of the day or whether it was on the game the other day. But you know, they're on course for their best league finish since 1991. You know, and and Crystal Palace have been in the league. Oh, yes, they've been a bit of a yo-yo club down the years. But you know, I'd say off the top of my head, over half of the Premier League seasons have they been in. Certainly feels like in recent years they've been, you know, there or thereabouts, um, and that's that's pretty impressive for what Roy's done, isn't it? You know, with that Palace side, and we know that, you know, uh, we know their danger player is, of course, it's Will Zaha and stuff like that. But um, we, we're going to have to be wary of them, I think, and show them a little bit of respect. But but ultimately, we need to imp- we need to do a better job of imposing our will on the game because that's I think what led us down against Everton. Yeah, it's inter- just an interesting run of fixtures. Looking at them after after the players, uh, they've got Burnley, Leicester, Chelsea, Villa, United, Wolves, and Palace. You know, in the, sorry, they're past Tottenham. Um, in Tottenham, Wolves, United, maybe um, they could actually. You know, again, this European qualification loss could kind of be in their own hands. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd like us to put them in the place just because of the Roy Hodgson factor. Um, but yeah, it is going to be. There's a, there's a number of clubs I think who are floating around who but people, a lot of people have kind of written off. And when you consider Arsenal's plate, 
you know, what Jose Mourinho went from being just like like a, an absolute pig in shit to, to looking like he was like he was a man in shit uh, by the end of the game the other the other day. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of expectation on those bigger clubs to establish things. Someone like a Crystal Palace, you know, could be coming up on the rails here with very little pressure on them, but loads of potential to succeed. Yeah, the pressure's not there for Crystal Palace, and it might be the best chance to get European football that they might get because you expect those teams that you mentioned to kind of improve or get better. You know, the race for fourth spot in European football used to be all the rage for the past ten years as a local fan, and now it's like the race for eighth place because <laughs> no fucker wants it they? <laughs> at this stage. So why won't they take advantage of that? And when, when they come up against Liverpool, and this isn't being arrogant, I don't think there's any expectancy for Crystal Palace to really get anything from that game. So why shouldn't they just go 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 go, go for it and then think well if we, if we don't get anything from it then we've still got some decent teams to play, you know and there's there's a couple of interesting fixtures coming up between those those between four spot and eight spot in the remainder of the league you know it could easily change you know two games two three games you can see Crystal Palace in fifth spot potentially. Mm, yeah, it's crazy to think about yeah. it when you when, when you do like but look at um, looking at the back of the Liverpool game then. Um, George, and we spoke quite a bit about Naby Keita on the, on the final word. Like really encouraging to see him back in. What we, we hadn't realised, me and Chris were doing the build-up, he, he, he played, I think he was only in, I think it was 11% of the starting 11s for Liverpool in the Premier League this season. That was a big step forward for him. Um, to get that start against Everton, and you, it does make you wonder. We've talked about Klopp getting the plate spinning, getting as many of his players up to fitness, and whether Naby Keita's withdrawal kind of tells you that he wants to get him more and more involved. I mean, look at the Genie Van Alden thing. Genie plays when Genie's fit, he starts for us almost exclusively. You know, he's played a hell of a lot of football, but we do know his contract situation is going is is looming. You know, there's a chance that Genie might well move on in the coming, you know, in the next year. And it's kind of, you know, we're entering into a situation where we do really need to get Cater up to speed. So, you know, is this for you, Naby Cater, given the performance, given the substitution, you just go again on him for this? Yeah, I, I definitely would. And I think the 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 performance against Everton and the, the minutes he got was important as well for the fans because he's come out of that game kind of as the man of the match of why why have we took him off the why is, there's a bit of an uproar of why didn't we keep him going whereas in previous it's been every time he's kind of started or he's appeared it's like we, we didn't quite get what we expected he was good but there was no kind of boss about him and and that was the that's massive to get kind of again we're talking going into next season i think to get people's support back behind the player is massive yeah. And, and you know to see him get another good run out at Crystal Palace, I think that that that'll be great. I think there's another thing I'd, I'd like to add on to that, and it's about you know what Jurgen said when Adam Lallana's contract was extended. I think you know he said Lallana made it clear, and, and Jurgen made it clear that it was about you know he probably won't have the opportunities that he's had earlier on in the season because we do know that he's leaving. And I think that you know I, I'll talk for myself here, maybe not a lot of other people, but I certainly thought that that meant the likes of Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott would get more game time because they're the future, almost completely and exclusively forgetting that Naby Keita and Takumi Minamino probably fit really well into that yeah. um, so after well, you know it's easy with hindsight to look back and go oh god do you know what maybe he wasn't talking about fucking Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones maybe he was talking about the two lads there that are probably going to be first teamers next yeah. season and so yeah. we, I hope that we do see Naby Keita in this game I do think he was the best player on the pitch for Liverpool outfield certainly against mm-hmm. Everton I want him to build on that and I want him to improve <coughs> it and just show us exactly what it is that he can bring to this side yeah I mean that, that's it Ross I think we're all 
he's the one I think people have got the most lingering doubts over and it's not necessarily there's probably some people who don't think he's a good footballer because they've not seen enough of him and that's that's fair you know you've got to you have you've got to put get, put it in not just in fleeting moments um and if you're not that kind of if you're not if you're not mentally that way inclined which I think a lot of football fans aren't um you know, he's got lots and lots of work to do to win people over. Now, because personally, you know, from what I've seen him, I can see he's an absolute player. You know, you can see what he does, the way he buzzes around. He, he makes our front three or front four very quickly. Um, and he adds an extra dimension to our attack and play. We saw a little bit of that in the in the Everton game and linking up with Firmino. We saw it in the build-up to like the Club World Cup and, and stuff like that. He was just hitting a little bit of a run of form. But again, the, the big lingering doubt is going to be over his, his fitness. And that's that's what this last you know well now eight games is for him really is that he's got to show that he's capable of being on the pitch more regularly because he's not going to have a future at Liverpool if he can't if he can't get involved. Yeah, and, and he's the one player that should have taken advantage of not not a pandemic, but you know obviously having three months off of getting that fitness and even it's not just fitness. I think I think we're also seeing yeah from footballers at times where you think you know he's a young lad, he's come to a, a different country, a new culture, new surroundings, new teammates, new boss. I think that just gets eradicated because you he earns loads of money. We don't understand that. You know, we always see you know players hit the ground running, that happens, but it doesn't happen for everyone. So I think you can give him a bit more time in that sense and again you know, marry that with his injuries, you know, and maybe his fitness on top of that. But from, from Genie's perspective, I think he might feel a bit aggrieved to not start games. Like you said, if he's fit, he starts. And particularly look at Crystal Palace and they're a physical side of, you know, in that in that, that midfield and you got like correctly Chris said, it was Zaha on one side and Jordan A on the other. You need someone who's going to trap back and defend and help out the, the, the full-backs and cover for them. I think that's where Genie comes in for that game. But, you know, on the other side, is he going to sit back and defend like Everton? Did you need an Abbey Counter to, to come in and, and use that link-up play? So it's, it's about balance, I think, for Liverpool. I, I wonder, Chris, whether, you know, and again, keep I keep referencing it, we just don't know enough about this this football that we're watching but we kind of you know when you look at the fitness stuff Liverpool uh, Liverpool have been geared up now we've for a year we've switched from being a, a counter-pressing side to being a more possession-based side because you need to be able to be that you need to be a team that has lots of the ball and does well with lots of the ball and breaks teams down but there might be something to us actually starting fast and getting games won because if we can't bank on that superior fitness you know, we can't if we we don't necessarily have that to bank on in the same way. Um, then yeah, you know, I I I don't disagree with the notion that you know you get your functional midfield and you get Henderson, Fabinho, Genie in there and they do all the dirty work for you. But we might actually need to be a shade braver for these games. It might we might just need more of Cater. We might need more of Ox. We might need more of Henderson in the offensive positions because. Yeah, you know, teams are gonna teams are gonna sit deep and we're gonna have to we might have to get games won in sixty rather than go into the full ninety four and ninety five, which is what we've been doing all season. That's an interesting point. I think, you know, for me, I think we probably will need a bit more creativity. I think because, you know, Everton's the Everton's the one example that we can look back on um and, and analyze. Now, Everton didn't re- weren't really interested in attacking us for the for the 90, uh, 80 minutes of that game, give or take. Um, you know, they crafted a couple of opportunities, as all teams will, but they weren't getting bodies forward, they weren't getting numbers forward, they weren't over-committing in any way, shape or form. So, it, I think even from a low block side, we're going to see less attacking because they haven't got the fitness to do that. They know how important it is to just sit and defend 
and they're not going to be able to get forwards as often as they probably would because they know that they need to get back. So that what that will mean is it, it almost plays into this game of chess, doesn't it? It's like, well, if you just sit and back more because you haven't got the fitness, then it stands to reason that you're right, Paul. We're going to need more creative players there to recycle the ball on the edge of the box. We didn't see enough of Fabinho doing that. You know, when Fabinho's at his absolute best, he's pinning them in on the edge of our attacking third, their defensive third, and he's winning the ball back. That wasn't happening against Everton. You know, the midfielders were, were, were too distant uh, and we weren't winning the ball back high enough up the pitch and being able to turn that into attack. So that's what we're going to need. Naby Keita, for me, is probably one of the players. What I find interesting as well is that Klopp literally came out and said after the game, Naby got in there because of how good he's been performing in training. Now, is that yeah. the kick up the arse that Wijnaldum needed? Or is that just to say, look, Wijnaldum's not actually in that good form in training. So why would I start him? Just because he always starts. That's stupid. Yeah. If Naby's playing well in training. He's got the start. He plays well again he should get the start against Crystal Palace if he's fit and able to and this hopefully will be the start of that running the team that he's needed for since he's joined the club a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems But getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more on that. And, um, George, is anyone else really, you know, Aside from the obvious, I think we're all in agreement. If Salah's fit, we'd all we'd all have him in there. Is there anyone else in terms of the rotation you'd like to see back in there? Outside the obvious, you know, we know we know what our first choice back four, back five is. Really, I mean, is it just as simple as the the front three, and then what would you would you go Fabinho DM push Henderson back there? Uh, no, I I keep Fabinho there for the same reason that we're talking about keeping Cater there because it's about getting a player that's somewhat again form is just weird to to say because there is no form, but it, it's about getting him back to how he was and to the to the kind of consistency and levels he's he is capable of. So I I'd keep him in there pretty much again until fitness says otherwise and I think Keita like Chris said deserves the start and I think comments that Klopp makes sometimes is again aimed kind of at the fan base of you know we don't see everything that goes on we see a Sunday or a Saturday and now every day whatever games are on 
and we see what the the media team decide to show us. They're not going to show us training full game because at the same time clubs can go and watch that who are playing. But the fact is we don't see everything. So to judge a player based solely on like you know the ten minutes that he's appeared or blah 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 through the season. No, we don't know the full extent. So for Klopp to say you know he's putting in a shift, he's working incredibly hard in training, gives you the fan to say listen. I I see this this guy pretty much every day, every every week, and I know what he's about. That's why he gets them start. So I think that as much as it is towards Genie, is also kind of towards the fan base as well. Yeah, yeah. Look, Ross, we need a we. I think we just need more ball carriers in the in in the middle. It's all well and good, like I because we use Trent a lot. And that's fair. There's a reason. There's a reason for that because he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But you need an extra dimension, and that's the one thing that Naby Keita in particular brings to you. And Oxford Chamberlain does this as well. And that's why I was a little dis. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed when I see Ox come into the front three because I just don't think he's anywhere near as effective when when he does that. But you can see again in the Everton game, the, the, all the dangerous situations that we crafted was either Naby Keita gliding through the midfield or Oxford Chamberlain doing the same. I want to see at least one of them two in the midfield. Yeah, you need <clears throat> you need different options, don't you? And you know that element of surprise, or you know just having a, a plan B. Basically, you know you cut out the fullbacks, which we didn't have Robbo um, yesterday. You know, have someone else who, who can provide something else. But what a headache to have! Like we sat here deciding, like you know, Navigator or Genie Van Alden. Like, <laughs> it's not the worst two players in the world, is it? No, God, you know, no. It's, it's kind of a, a well Liverpool, right? You know, it might come down to fitness or or how they're doing. But you know, I think you could sit here. I think I said to someone yesterday, like you know. Whatever side Klopp puts out, like he played with Amino yesterday. Like if he did that again on, on Wednesday night, I'm fine with it. Mm. You know, okay, yeah, everyone refers to Mohamed Salah, but you know, there's a right and reason, like George says, why these players are being picked, why they're being put in the forefront. And there's also the addition of having five substitutions. So you can look at the starting line and go, oh my God, he's not starting, he's not started. Well, again, there's decisions behind that. You've got five substitutes. Gene Van Adam can come on with 45 minutes, 60 minutes, 70 minutes. He's still getting game time. He's still got a great play in your hands. And yeah. he's still got a tactical analysis behind it all. The big, the big talking point, though, the big, the big pressure I think we've really got it, Chris, is in the left back position. Now, and we don't quite know where Andy Robertson's at. Um, he's the problem is, is that if he's not fit enough for this game, it's a big ask to throw him in, even with another week's training, to throw him in against Man City for his first game back in, in you know, after all this time. So I guess you know we posed this on the final word of like what could Liverpool have done differently for the Everton game, and there wasn't too much in the way of choices, but you know. We don't know what Matip, you know, if you play, which means that if Matip's out, Goma and you play Gomez at left back, it means Lovren has to has to start. Which I know we, we've we, we've slaughtered Lovren a lot of times. You know that that's a, I think that's a different conversation, and maybe maybe we'll park that because I think it's just it's 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 a bit of low hanging fruit to nail Dejan Lovren. But the question again really is: is the left back situation? We, if we've got a couple of days to prepare, would you rather see Joe Gomez there again? putting aside the centre-back issue, or would you rather us do something a little bit different or maybe out of the ordinary? No, I think I'd rather I'd rather play Joe Gomez at left-back again. And, and if Salah's fit, this is probably the team that I'd go for. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd put, throw Joe Gomez in at left-back. Um, I think, you know, you, hopefully Matip's OK and, and the rest of the back four can stay the same. I'd play Hendo in the six. I'd play Keita and Dox ahead of him. I play Salah on the right-hand side. And I say Salah because I think it's important. If there's no Salah, I don't think I'd do that midfield. Because mm-hmm. I don't think I'd play that midfield with Minamino on the right-hand side. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. So if Salah had played on the right-hand side, Bobby up top, Mane on the left, and that midfield of Hendo, Cater and Ox, that's where my creativity is coming from, which is why yeah. I'm okay with playing Joe Gomez at left-back. Yeah, yeah that's, if, I think if, that's interesting. If, if Matip's not all right, would anyone play Fabinho at centre-half instead of Dejan Lovren with that midfield yeah. you just said? Lovren's a better centre-back than Fabinho. Like, he just is. I don't think... I, I, I Yeah, I, I would if it... But in so much as just because I just don't, I just don't want to watch Dejan Lovren play for Liverpool particularly anymore. But I, I don't think you can possibly do that while Dejan Lovren's fit because he's he's part of the squad. He's there, you know. If you do, if you don't want Dejan Lovren there, then get rid of him, release him. You know what I mean? But you're not. They're not going to. I just don't think they're going to do that. And but I agree with Chris's point there in terms of the creativity. That's the. I mean, I wouldn't. I would do anything but play Gomez at left back because I think it's too important how how our fullbacks play. That I would rather see Genie Van Alden play out there, which sounds a bit mad and a bit off the off the cuff, but. He's played as a winger. He's a bit like Milner, isn't he? He's done all the same jobs that James Milner's done throughout his career. It would be a bit unfamiliar to him, but I, I think he could cope particularly in the Palace game. And I think where we're going to need to be attacking. But I haven't considered Chris's take on that. That you're right is that in the if you can't put someone more attacking down that side, then maybe you do just go for a bit more balls out in the in, in the middle of the park. I mean, the alternative, Georgia, is you know Klopp has. Got no problem putting people in, putting lads in if he thinks they're ready. This might just be one of those situations where we do go for a, a Yasser Larucci or we do go for an Adam Lewis. So and we and we trust, you know, if we're gonna trust Dejan Lovren, an actual centre back, then maybe we do just put our trust into an actual an actual left back, albeit an untried one. Yeah, I think I'd I'd rather see a, a young left back step into that role and have Joe Gomez in the centre back position. Um, just because I think, again, now's the time. When are you else going to get this? What we kind of said about the FA Cup when we rolled the kids out against Everton is when else are you going to be able to do this? But it needs most. So I'd rather see that and, and kind of keep that sort of familiarity positionally for the players rather than kind of... I mean, I just don't see it doing Joe Gomez any good, sticking them out on the left. It completely nullifies them as a player. And it leaves us vulnerable at a centre-back position if we're playing Lovren there. So I'd much rather see one of the young lads step in at, at, at left-back. And I think Klopp, again, is the manager. We know he's, he'll do that. Yeah, I'll be honest. Like, I'm... I'm... I'm not asked either way. <laughs> you know, I don't know, but like just look, you just got footies back, aren't you, mate? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I mean, let's let's not over let's not over labour. Let's not let's not fall into this like the negativity trap of it all. Is that you right? But but on our understanding of how Liverpool play and how we've seen us play, I think it's important that we get someone who's who's more offensive in the left back position, but also. Chris is dead right. We could throw, we could just throw more attacking midfield out and just be loads more attacking in that way. This is the thing. This is not like a, this is not Brendan Rodgers in charge. This is not, for us not Roy Hodgson in charge. For us, this is not this is not Liverpool of five or ten years ago. We're dead good, and we've got loads of really good players. There's, there's loads of whatever we choose to do. It's gonna be. I'm, I'm just yeah. The footy's back. I'm just happy to see whatever it is. Whatever we throw out, I'm gonna support and get behind regardless. As much as that's a bit of like cack analysis. We could have done that in the first five minutes. Welcome to the build-up show. We're not asked what Jürgen does. It's going to be boss regardless. And we're going to support it because we're all fans. Thanks for subscribing, everyone. Um, I, I, think, watch along. I, I think it, I think it changes once once a league. So, look, I think George is right. You might see a, a Yasser LaRouche or someone younger coming because you, you could not only think about this season, but I think next season. 
you know, especially with James Milner's contract, what are you doing for the future? You can't buy anyone, which we, you know, <laughs> we're clearly not going to do. You need to start thinking about next season as well. Get get Ashley LaRouche or someone, and Adam Lewis, some experience like we're going to do with Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones. Just get them built up ready for next season. There's a balance. There's a balance in act, I think, and it's and, and footy manager best highlight this, Chris, because obviously you've got your little your little green ratings for how well players are suited to certain positions, and it and there's a and Klopp will look at this and say, well, who are my options at left back? So if I put Gomez in at left back, what does that do to my options at centre half? How much stronger or, or weaker does that make that position? And then you you know, because for example, if you put you put Adam Lewis or Larucci or Nico Williams at, at left back. Does the damage that does to your left back position, but the, you know, in, you're strengthening your centre half partnership by putting Gomez in there. But uh, is the balance that your left back so much weaker that you're better off being weaker across, but it's spread out across more positions? That's probably the balance and act that really the the, the cop's going to be working out in the next day or so. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. That's that's kind of exactly how I think when I'm putting a footy manager team together. Um, I'd rather I'd rather the the base standard be like fucking eighty percent across the board than a hundred percent here and fifty down here on the left in the left back position. I I'm more of the but again it's not surprising. And the lad who said Gomez should start. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's, that's the thing, and the thing that's worth remembering, Georgia, about these youngsters, whether we, whether they get the game or not, they might not be at it now. But you're dead right; they have to play games, and the more games they play, the better they'll get. Or they'll play to the point where we realise they're not good enough. But you know, the, Trent the, came in again at fucking Old Trafford. Yes, you know what I mean. Exactly. Let's not remember that this is Anfield against Crystal Palace. Yeah, like if he if he thinks they're good enough, he'll play them. Yeah, it's kind of go against what Crystal said with with Fusima, is. I'd rather be weaker at left back than weak at centre back. That that's one place that I do not want any weaknesses is is between that because then you're either stretching Virgil and he's not really concentrating on what his job is because he's too busy covering what he's doing next to him, or you're just completely open and and Dehan Lovren's just on the floor. And I'd I'd rather it be, you know, this left back position was slightly weaker. You've got Mane in front of him, you've got Virgil next to him. Mm-hmm. You've got a, a a CDM of whether it's Fabinho, Henderson, covering like that. There's no other kind of position where you can be as well protected kind of than that left back position. Whereas if you put someone like Lovren in the centre back and you've got that, I just I. That puts more fear in. Can I, can I just say this on the on the Lovren stuff? Because I, you know, what one thing I would say about Dejan Lovren, I did say this on the final word show, is that when you when you Dejan's built into a game and you tell him what his job is and you're very clear about what you expect from him. Look, Dejan Lovren doesn't have stinkers every time he takes the field for Liverpool, but when he gets when he gets when he loses his head and he gets embroiled in stuff, I think that's when you lose then you lose Dejan Lovren and, and it's to the detriment of the team. But look, Dejan Lovren can come into this game and have a perfectly fine performance. You know, as much as we we can have our opinions, I think we're all agreed that you know there's a when eventually Dejan Lovren will leave, and I will hold no ill feeling towards him, but I would rather I would rather us have a better you know, player than Dejan Lovren in our squad. But there's nothing to say Lovren comes in and doesn't have an absolutely fine or in fact a really good game because he's had plenty of them. He's had more good games for Liverpool than he's had bad games. Um 
So it's probably not. This is not us putting Sepp Vandenberg in at centre half, who himself might well come good in the future. But we've got no evidence to suggest that he's anywhere near ready enough for this. Um, so there's worse things we can have. We're, we're in it. We are in a relatively privileged position to have someone of that quality should we need it. But again, for me, it boils down to it. It boils down to our tactical approach. I think will be the deciding factor on this. Um, you know, we we trust. He trusts Lovren. He likes Lovren. And I think if you tell Dejan Lovren. You've got two days now to get him prepped for it. What are you saying? <coughs> you're just gonna sit in. You're just gonna you're gonna play off, mate. Sit off. Don't engage. You know this is how you approach this particular player. Then I, I can't see it being as much of an issue. Hopefully, touch wood. I, I think Fingers the, crossed. The fear with that is the opposition players he's gonna go up against. So Zaha's down that left hand side as well. You know he, do, he does does Trent or Trent's you now further up the field. Like he's he's covered him and equally Ben Teke. We've seen with Calvert Lewin and, and Richardson. You know, we slate Ben Teke, but he's a big physical player. If Lovren decides to pick a fight with him, is I'm Lovren, confident he's going to come up on top of it. Is is Lovren does suit certain games, certain games as as much Which as we have very few special teams. <laughs> the one three starts on the bench. He's on the special team in NFL. Occasionally, you need to roll him out because we need to. But it, it's this is not one of them. We saw it against Wofford. Is you've got Troy Deeney up there, absolutely bullied him and said, Oh, you want to fight? Okay, come on. And and he just rinsed it. Ben Tekken can do exactly the same because Lovren will go in thinking that he can have a fight and he won't win. Yeah. And and on top of that, you've then got the pace of Zaha or IU. And it's done on both fronts. Yeah, the, 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 the problem when you look at it like this is you're forgetting about the other six players in front of them, yeah. you know, and, and I think. For me, I think Lovren can do a job. You know, I'm I'm going in pretty hard on him, but he, as Paul said, he's not he's not a terrible defender. He makes he makes poor choices every now and again. The the fact of the matter is, he, he's a good four choice centre half for us. Um, Matip's got a sore toe. I mean, let's be honest. If it's a choice between Matip strapping his toe up and playing all days of Lovren, I'm going Matip strap your toe up. Chris. But I don't think it's I don't think even if Lovren does play, it's not the end of the fucking world. But listen, Chris, we what we're saying all this, Lovren might have been in line to start this game anyway. Like no Joe Joe Matip shouldn't yeah, I know, but no but Joe Matip we none of us would have had Joe Matip to start a derby. No, not a start that game. Now yeah. it might have been. It might just be a simple thing. Of Klopp's plan was Matip for the for the for the derby, Lovren for Palace, and Gomez for Man City. You know, with maybe a couple of subs. You know, twenty minutes or so here there just to get some minutes in in between. That might have been Jurgen Klopp's plan all along. So Lovren might have been starting this game regardless. Just just to throw that out there because obviously he, he, he we've talked about this. He wants to get minutes. He wants to get players up and running in in the season because we've already seen. We might well need them, so there's no point in not in, in not. So, you know, Gomez played got a got a, a a lot of time out on that left hand side. He'll have had a, he'll have had a good run. Lovren only got the end. We we might actually need to just start Lovren, which might inform all the other decisions around there. Just throwing that out there. Um, yeah, interesting in terms of our obviously our form against Crystal Palace. We're in great we're in great form in, in recent you know in, in in recent games overall, but um. That the home form against Palace has actually been a little bit of a weakness for us, really. So it's something we definitely need to get a grip on. And look, I think we'd all agree we'll all back Liverpool because as much as we're maybe feeling the the, the Everton games just taking the edge off 
our unbridled enthusiasm. All it's going to take is seeing that first goal back. All it's going to take is seeing that first socially distanced celebration. It's going to see that first cut to the wind rustling the, the banners on the cop. Um, the first cut to, the, to all the, play, the fans at home on Sky and the Zoom calls jumping up and down silently. Or realistically, for you guys at home, because you fans of this channel, is watching me and Chris bouncing around the studio doing our uh, fan zone commentary. Um, Did you get on to the fact that Palace didn't have enough um, fans for their Zoom wall the other day. So in the in the very bottom right hand corner, there was just a still image of a fan celebrating, as opposed to it being a Zoom thing. That's pretty much. I've got, I, I did actually take a photograph of it, yeah. um, so I do have one. But yeah, so ho- hopefully, hopefully it'll be more like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, as mentioned, there uh, do come and check us out. We will be live uh, from about uh, very least half an hour, possibly actually forty-five minutes before kickoff, if all things go well. Um, on this channel, make sure you subscribe and make sure you click the notification bell as well for that. But yeah, we're going to be doing another fan zone watch along commentary. Me and Chris in the studio having a good laugh, being the most biased commentators you can possibly imagine towards the mighty Reds, and uh, giving you choice between what Martin Tyler. Uh, and if you know if it's on another channel, you've got like, I mean, look, Steve McManaman's a good footballer, like, but he's no, he's no Chris Pajak on, on comms. I quite like Steve McManaman, you know, yeah. I like, I like him on comms. Yeah, he's not as good as Chris Pajak. Um, so yeah, tune in for that. Um, other than that, yeah, if you want more from us, you can join up. You can get a YouTube membership right now, where you get access to custom emotes to use in the live stream and in the comments in general, and you get access to the final word shows, which we're doing after each game. If you want more than that, go to theredmentv.com. You get the, um, you get all those things. You get the final word show, but you also get uh, the Res News Roundup show. You get the Around the League show. And you get a whole host of back catalogue filled, chock filled with Liverpool player and manager interviews from both past and present. Um, thank you very much, guys, for joining us. Um, back at you before we go. Anyone want to be brave enough to throw a score prediction in there, Georgia? No, because I said 4 0 for the Derby and we all know what happened there. So, no okay. no score prediction, just a nice three points, please. Ross? 2 0 and 2 1 in Lee Blockham, please. Oh wow! And what did you say? What did you say there, Chris? One 0 Liverpool. One 0 Liverpool. I'll take a three 0 to the Reds. Um, leave yours in the comments below. As I say, sign up, and we'll see you back here live on Wednesday <laughs> evening for the game.